this episode of The Fool Nerd, the rarest core nine ever, Ryzen is winning and KB Leg G lives. Welcome to The Full Nerd, episode 90. I just drank some coffee and I'm trying not to choke. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hey, Internet. Adam Patrick Murray, of course, controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, hello, everyone. I've got my boss here, Ellen. Oh, uh, and don't so yeah, don't don't get me fired. Just, it's, let's not cuss. You know, I know we usually you know do hijinks and and stuff like that, but today we, we're going to keep it on the cool. Uh, hi, Ellen. Hi. <laughs> uh, all right, and we're and we're here to talk about some uh, some chips. We we got a show all about chips, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a laid back Friday, but nice assortment of hardware to talk about i uh, and you know the big one i think is and i'm trying to get this right core i9 9990xe that's right you got it i had to need it one more it just needs one you more nine right it should have just been <laughs> core i9 it would have been just so awesome to like core i9 9999 xe but and they they can never do it again can they cuz they can't really no Maybe they can. Yeah. Maybe they're saving that. There's going to be a five or a six gigahertz version because this sucker does go to uh, nine uh, nine gigahertz, fourteen cores. I'm sorry, nine gigahertz. Jeez, now that would be awesome. Five gigahertz, fourteen cores. Base clock is four gigahertz, but it does support an all core turbo boost of five gigahertz. So that's fourteen that's cores. Wild. That's wild, and of course. If you uh, if you've never heard of this CPU, it's like whoa! Where did they come up with this part? Uh, it actually uh, popped up earlier this year, and everybody got triggered by it, as the young people say today. That's because <laughs> the Core i nine ninety nine nine zero XE was an auction only item. You could not buy this. I thought did auction only means you could buy it at auction though, right? Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, wait, wait, what does auction mean? No, then? see that. <laughs> so that's not that's the crazy thing. As a consumer, you can't go. Oh, I'm gonna go to Newegg or wherever, just buy this thing, put it, add it to the cart, and buy, check out, whatever. No, this is like y- y- the auction wasn't even open to consumers. The auction was for PC builders. So if you're a boutique PC builder, Falcon Northwest, Origin, uh, Puget, Puget, uh, you could. You would bid on these things, and then if you hopefully got one, then you could build a computer to sell to people. Yeah. Oh, so... Expensive computer. Yeah, right? A very expensive computer. And the news, of course, uh, from this week is it's kind of on sale. Somebody spotted German retailer and high-end PC builder, caseking.de. They had one on sale. And let me see. I'm going to check the price right now and see if it's changed. Oh yeah, it's uh, two. <laughs> it needs one more nine too. It's it's two thousand nine 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 euros. Could have gone like ninety nine. Should have been ninety nine. Should have been two nine 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 nine. Uh, I and, have to wonder if they did that to match the price with the zeros uh, at the end. Oh yeah, the, the core name. Yeah, and based on uh, exchange rates as of yesterday, when I wrote my story, PCWorld.com, go there and read that. Uh, Boom, three thousand three hundred seventy six eight cents American. Ooh, so. Ooh, that's yeah, so, fourteen that's cores. So why, 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 why would somebody get this just for fun? Well, just say they had it. You would get it because 
there's this thing basically is an ultra it's clear that it's an ultra ultra bend part they basically for people who don't know they like <clears throat> you say the very best ones and then you 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 push these things to five gigahertz we're talking 14 cores at at five gigahertz this thing just smokes right for the you know obviously it's not going to beat a, a 32 core throttle or the xeon part the 28 core xeon for depending uh, on the task on the yeah. task for all those heavily multi-thread heads but you know most people don't really need that many cores and the efficiency is not there um this is mostly because you just you the intel's official i'm going to read you the boilerplate that i got from them yesterday the intel core i9 9990xe is designed specifically for the financial services industry because of the specific customer request because the intel core i9 9990XE was built with unique specifications, high frequency, and meet the workloads, uh, ne- workload needs of the targeted industry. It can only be produced in limited quality quantities, which they admit, and will not be broadly made available. The, the part will be offered through an auction to ensure fairness in supply distribution. Uh, and, of course, Fun. Uh, people got angry because it's interesting because there are two sides of a different angry. One side, the anger was like, what? I want to have this. I want to be able to buy the CPU. I want to build a machine with the Core i9-9990XE. I don't care how much it is. I want the best. I want the coolest. I can't buy this unless I buy a full system, which, you know, you can. Uh, the other side of the anger was from uh, Ryzen AMD fans. who are like, oh, this is a PR stunt. You made like 50 of them. You're going you're gonna to auction these things off, and it's not really anything except to grab headlines. So. Fifty times two or three thousand dollars a piece. Yeah, That's not too shabby. Though. I'm sure the number is not fifty, but uh, earlier yeah. I referenced. Uh, po- uh, God, I always mess this up. I really Puget Systems. Puget Systems. I really should try to get John Bach on here. We should. That would be good. Uh, they actually did some testing on it, and they said, "Wow, this thing is yeah great at those lighter thread loads, all cores." But we're not going to build systems on this because if we if we get these. We get one on auction. We sell it to somebody, say it nukes, and they have to warranty it. They have to eat the cost of the CPU because this thing is so rare that Intel's like, oh, yeah, normally it's like, oh, you blew up your 9900K, send it back, we'll give you another one. This time they're like, hey, it's on you. <laughs> we don't know if we can give you another one, so there's no warranty. And they don't know if they can get another one, so it's pretty hard to build sort of a an actual product around something like i'm going to sell you this uh seven seven thousand dollar pc i i don't know if i can fix it if something breaks and people don't really feel good about you know buying stuff like that no. well then you uh, I also just Brad could have a really good uh, fidget spinner how far processes have come in the last few years you just called a 14 core 28 thread chip lightly threaded task <laughs> well yeah 14 core yes <laughs> i know it's it's insane right we could thank amd for that uh, and one thing I do want to add to this discussion is, you know, people got very angry. They're like, this is crazy. You know, one thing PR stint, that thing is I want to buy this. <laughs> I I talked to a couple of boutique vendors like, yeah, Intel's intention. The whole point was just to to get like, you know, you already you're already selling ten thousand dollar computers to people. These folks, you know, this is like they're going to get this. Is give them a chance to buy something even more rare because 14 cores at five gigahertz is going to you know mash just about everything out there yep. and, and and all of everything except for those highly threaded tasks so that was the idea i think it's just sort of like oh yeah you can, you can do this but i think it didn't quite turn out the way they did because of course you know all the 
people getting angry <laughs> they couldn't buy it and and two the the ones that said that you didn't really make it, this wasn't a real part so that said i'm sure they probably sold pretty much every one of these that they made oh yeah yeah that's the oh, one sure. thing come on people don't i i don't think people understand um you know, I, and I know right now it's in fashion to complain about Intel. It's, it's, it's in fashion to complain about the prices, the price premium, how many, how few cores you get versus AMD. Every time you talk to Intel and every time I've talked to vendors, it's not like they're saying, yeah, we, these things are just sitting on the shelves. <laughs> KB Lake X, though, that's sitting on the shelf. That went nowhere. I see you can buy those. Even during the absolute worst Intel shortages, you can get those KB Lake X parts, right? <laughs> 2011 four-core part. All of these high-end, high, high core count, even medium core count parts, they do really well. Intel sells all oh, yeah. of them all the time. Oh, yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. Well, Idle7 over on uh, Twitch says they, they'd rather buy two 2080 Ti's than one of these chips. So, well, yeah. Who are they trying to insult more? I don't know. I don't know. That, if that's an AMD <laughs> fan... That I, like, I just kind of think if that's like a Radeon Ryzen fan, you're like, that's like a double throw. Yeah, right. Like, this thing, I hate this thing so much, I'd rather take two of these other things I hate even more than the one thing I hate. <laughs> Probably. Right. That, that's how yeah, you Does uh, Case King ship internationally? Like, if someone in the U.S. wanted to buy this, sure. you buy it. Oh, Brad, what's your credit card I'm sure card if you buy a $3,000 part, you can work Yeah, just out. put it in. Yeah. You know, nobody's it's, watching. It's in and then tax season, tax season. We're getting returns. Who knows? There you go. Yeah. That is a classic time for people to build computers. You got a good return. Jeez. It's still available, too. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to click the button that says Inden Warren Corb. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is checkout. Since I don't have an account on Case King, I can't accidentally buy uh, this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I could really buy this right now if I just happen to have thirty six hundred dollars sitting around. I mean, if they if they ship, though, right? No, I'm sure they'll ship international. So? All right. For that much, they if probably you, buy if, a plane ticket. If you are interested in this chip, though, and you're willing to spend $3,600 plus whatever they'll charge you to ship it wherever you want, uh, Gordon linked to a Puget Systems uh, going over in his article, but Puget ran, they had several articles like going over every aspect of this thing in different popular workloads, like elements and photoshop and you know video production and all kinds of stuff like that nice. so i'd recommend go checking that out if you're thinking about maybe spending over three grand on a on a chip here yeah. uh and uh dawn on youtube says uh that if you buy that right now gordon they're gonna unsub <laughs> yeah yeah i would have to because i wouldn't have to it's because good. my wife would kill me if i bought that she laptop. would unsub me the company's buying it <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's sure that'll happen then i'm like hey yeah what's this cost here for lunch for three thousand three hundred and forty seven dollars and eight cents yeah i uh it's okay i can just blame just, it on my boss i wasn't she, looking she took me out to lunch you know yeah i ordered and we got a chip and salad. we got chips that's, we got yeah. chips right which obviously i mean this they clearly can't make a lot of these but wouldn't it be pretty cool though i mean to get a, a cpu that's all core five gigahertz I mean, Out yeah. Box. It like, does, yeah. It's it too bad be. this one didn't get the 8086K name. Uh, you think so? That yeah. would have been pretty special. <laughs> well, the 8086K would name was, it's unfortunate because, well, they had to keep it 8 for 8, eight, eight yeah. series. Uh. But yeah, that's a bummer. I still think they could have gone with the Core i9 9999999. I mean, just need one more 9. Nah, just like, go to 11. Just do Core 11. You know, I still think they need to whip that out. That you know, for April Fool's joke, that's they really missed that. But yeah, well, Core Core i eleven. 
part or core i10 or something like that uh, Here, yeah. here's the thing gordon you know no nobody buys intel obviously i've, I've heard in the news that uh, everyone's buying uh ryzen right yeah that was the i was gonna brad you know about that Ryzen is winning. Uh, well, I know about nice segues, and that was a that was a good one. That, that was, was that was a bit. I, I tried. That was a that was a four out of five segue. Eh, I think. Eh. <laughs> Could do it again. Yeah. So anyway, a uh, couple different things came out this week. Uh, first up being the semi, you know, regular. I'm not sure. I think every quarter, um, the German retailer uh, PC retailer Mind Factory puts out its CPU sales, and it shows AMD continuing to outsell. Intel chips two to one at uh boom they're winning their, their shop in mine factory that's just uh you know one retailer uh serving one country so it's a limited data point and in AMD has had a considerable lead over Intel parts at mine factory ever since Ryzen launched that hasn't really translated to the overall processor market if you look at like IDC numbers and stuff like that but you know it's very encouraging for AMD um, and actually, I think it was today, today or last night, Gamers Nexus actually just published a video showing affiliate sales from their own articles, breaking down AMD versus Intel ever since Ryzen came out. Oh, is that and what that was about? And they're seeing a lot of the same sort of activity as Mind Factory is. Uh, so basically, AMD is outselling Intel among Gamers Nexus customers at this point as well. Uh, but both Mind Factory and Gamers Nexus show that intel actually their chips sell for a lot more money than amds do it seems like amd is selling a lot of its ryzen 5 you know it's price to performance king there right and doing good with enthusiast markets it seems like at least even if it's not translating into desktop like well, big box sales at this let point. me bring up this slide uh from the video uh i like that one this is the uh, audience cpu sales analysis intel versus and amd and this is just, I can't see the slide right now. Thanks, Skype. Uh, but it was only talking about Gamers Nexus affiliate sales over that timeshare. And obviously, you know, the ones that they prefer sell more. So there are a bunch of, you know, grains of salt to take that with. But yeah. I still think it's an illuminating figure. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's it, interesting. What, I, what I'm very interested in are all these sort of like troughs and peaks, you know. You would think that it would just be aimed. Intel basically having no competition for a long time, suddenly losing ground continually, but they will sort of bottom out and then they'll just kind of peak back up again. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think of, unfortunately I didn't read uh, Steve's story, but I'd love to see like what these, what are these little diamonds? Oh, major releases. If, if, oh, so the big yeah. releases are. The big releases. If you watch the video, he explains most of the big peaks. Mm -hmm. Um, like Black Friday sales, he said, because uh, AMD tends to go all out for Black Friday for the holidays. They really cut the prices of their chips, and so that's be... when they see a lot of AMD sales happening. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same thing for Mine Factory, actually. And it looks like a February 2018 uh, had another spike. So that yeah, was August that was when the last gen Ryzen launched, right? Yeah, right. Second gen. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And kind of the late October was i9, right? Yeah. So, a mm -hmm. uh, friend of the show, Peter's asking, uh, or would like me to ask you, um, uh, why OEMs and OMDs are so stubborn with Ryzen? Well, it's complicated. There's there's lots of reasons. One is um, the vast majority of what they sell has been Intel for you know a long time. We're talking more than a decade. Intel's been been in firm number one position e easily. I mean, longer than that, obviously. 
Uh, a lot of OEMs will also like you go with your partner, even during the bad times, because, you know, they've gotten you through the good times because um, you they may make more margin. There are also probably is a lot of resistance from consumers that go like, oh, my God, you know, or AMD. That's like I, mean, I had one of those FX parts or whatever, some some horrible slow part that core two or core kicked the butt. It, it's but so it's really hard to get consumers to accept that AMD is is back. We all know this who have been paying attention. The AMD parts have been wonderful for the last couple of years. It's hard to get that to your average person going into a, a Best Buy or anywhere and buying a computer with it. And then also there's the part of the uh, Intel's marketing is huge. Yep. They market everywhere. TV, Super Bowl. So Intel's name is is big. And then there are, there are also, they also have partnerships with vendors. They're like, hey, we want you to sell computers with our chips in it. We're gonna we're gonna give you money to to run this ad, right? You yep. can talk about your computer at at the end. We've all heard it, right? Dun 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 dun. Oh, yep. God, come on! That's man. the check. You gotta pay that's, for that. That vendor loves that. Every vendor loves it because that's the check coming from Intel. You know what? If you're in a business, all businesses are not our friends. They are there for themselves. They're there for their shareholders. They they're gonna like yeah. You're not getting the money to to advertise the stuff. Uh, so there's just a lot of resistance, but obviously all the data shows that AMD has just done a wonderful job despite that, right? Because it's right. been a great couple of years for AMD. You know, a lot of that is, you know, the, the YouTube, a lot of that is, you know, the enthusiast media, the people who are into PCs can, can, can tell people about this. End of the date though, Intel still sells probably eight CPUs for every two that AMD does. Well, and that said though, I think that it's, you know, really encouraging for AMD's efforts to have, I mean, mind factory and gamers nexus are both, you know, popular enthusiasts, you know, destinations or whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure. Uh, and the fact that they're both show AMD sales dominated at this point, or, you know, right. at least the lead in terms of gamers nexus. I mean, the enthusiasts are the ones who wind up being the evangelists and spreading the word over time. So I think maybe mm -hmm. they're, you know, we're going to keep things affordable and give you a lot of cores. I think their their marketing efforts and the way they thought out their product line. I think over the long term, this is a good like base strategy because it does. You're not going to reclaim that market share overnight. Well, yeah. But if you start with the enthusiasts, trickles down. Yeah, I I mean that's what Apple did, right? And then they lost him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and and there's a lot of people saying, oh, I'm waiting for Ryzen three because you know that's uh that's going to be even another big jump. Uh, but uh, Dennis in YouTube's asking a question: uh, Could this also be caused by the security vulnerabilities on Intel? Do you think that's playing any part of this? No, no, <laughs> yeah, no. They no. suck, but people don't buy processors based on that. They, you know, very I'm, few. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's just like there's no way the, the 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 awareness of your average person to Spectre meltdown is just yep. and look at everybody just did the full freak out when this happened what 14 months ago I mean no it's like the end of the world folks end of the world and like people are like what I don't even know like what what Spectre meltdown I don't nobody even remembers it anymore so nobody cares that's that's not it. Um, you know, a lot of it is, is again, it's just, it's a resistance. It takes a long time to rebuild brand, you know, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, but you know, it's interesting. I was looking at, uh, the chart that Adam had up earlier. And if you had a pen, if you had a MacBook, you couldn't do this, but if you had a PC with pen support, yeah. you could draw trend lines. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's hey. a clear trend line, that's right? Intel line. down, AMD up. That's a real trend. I mean, up and to the right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, a lot of AMD's strength right now is good luck if you can get intel cpu sometimes right they clearly yep. have a big issue supplying them they've had an issue supplying them 
you, end of the day, if you're an OEM, you're like, I got to sell something. I, you know, people are pushing AMD systems now because they can get the parts and they can get them at the, the lower price points that some consumers want. So, uh, R- Rudy's asking a question uh, that uh, you guys seem to love Intel. Uh, they're just curious. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think they're actually genuinely asking, you know, oh. um, you know what, what, are, what preferences are around here. I don't prefer by brand. Brands are companies and aren't your friends like Gordon was saying. Yeah. I prefer product and results. I agree with Brad. And I know everybody, of course, wants to ascribe their, you know, uh, theory that, oh, you're someone so-and-so, you love them, your bias is like, end of the day, benchmarks and prices and results don't lie. We give you advice on what we think you should do, what the strengths and weaknesses of all the products are. You make that decision. And as always, don't 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 listen to just us. Look at other YouTubers. Look at other uh, videos. Look, read other stories. You make decision. It's your money. It's your money. No one can tell you how to spend your money, and no one can give you crap about how you spend your money. So my wife tells me how to spend my money all the time. <laughs> she tells me how not to spend money. I get. But uh, it's interesting. Uh, we don't have the slide, but Steve at Gamers Nexus was going over the product sales mix, kind of a little bit. And uh, like I said, AMD's Ryzen 5 actually sell a lot for them, which makes sense because it's like it used to be buy a Core i5. That used to be the go to. Uh, if you know you're a gamer buying a typical gaming PC, buy a Core i5. That's basically in recent years turned to buy a Ryzen 5 because it delivers a lot more, you know, price to performance mix, I think. But uh, Gamers Nexus customers buy a ton of higher-end Core i7 and Core i9 parts. So when people are going for the top-end, like, peak gaming performance kind of a deal, they still go to Intel. Hmm. Yeah. And that that is... It's also one thing you got to realize, um, like, Case King and Gamers Nexus, that is clearly an enthusiast audience, too, right? So... Mm-hmm. Average... For what, is, for what it's worth, in my personal PC, I have a Ryzen 1800X, and in our uh, GPU testing rig here, we have the... What's it called? 8700K? Yeah. So, yeah, we I have a mix in my office. Yeah, I have... A, I have a, my machine at home is an ancient uh, Sandy Bird G part that I really need to rebuild. You know, it's interesting because i5 has been that go-to part forever, right? I mean, going all the way mm-hmm. back to 2600K... Uh, but that was always like a $205 CPU eventually, yep. you know, it started out at 230 and then mm-hmm. once the initial demand was over, it would always settle down right to like 195. I remember that price point for the nineties for the 2600 K and then all the I fives. I just checked on Amazon. I the, I, the I five 9600 K, which is, you know, six cores turbo, no, uh, uh, no HT is two sixty five. We also got to remember Intel's having that uh, manufacturing issues. So right. they have limited every single part that Intel sells is selling for above MSRP at this point, including like if you look at like, the budget Pentiums and stuff like that, they're selling for like 20 or $30 more than they should. So everything is. Is it now one thing I thought I saw in the stories about the, the German retailer figures, uh, interestingly, the 2700 or the twenty six the 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 Ryzen five second gen did not blow away the Ryzen five first gen part. People were still buying the first gen part, the sixteen hundred over the 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 twenty six hundred. Um, I don't have those right in front of me, but I wouldn't be surprised by that because again, AMD is very aggressive with sales, and like when the second gen parts came out, you could get you can still get actually 
you can find first gen Ryzen parts for like incredibly good prices. So. Yeah. I, I mean, and hey, check it out. This is so uh, sort of equivalent because it's 2600X. Ryzen 5 2600X 190, actually 189.99 with the cooler, though. Uh, so yeah. cool. that's a heck of that's a heck of a, you know, value proposition right there. If you're looking to build a nice, solid mid range gaming PC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why. But I guess people like, oh, you know what? I'm going to buy. Uh, well, tell me this, though. What would you buy? Because, really look, a- you just said you just said the 9600K is uh, 265. So yeah. that's what? 70, 80 bucks more expensive with no cooler. Yeah. No <laughs> cooler. But uh, here, I think, is where we're, we're seeing the difference. Uh, for that Ryzen 5 2600X 190 with with a with a cooler, but Ryzen 5 1600 is 127. Yeah, with a cooler. So you're basically looking at 127 dollars for your CPU. You you put that 60 dollars towards your GPU or more RAM or a slightly bigger SSD. And are you really going to see the difference? And you'll still have a six core, twelve thread part for your hundred and twenty seven bucks. That's ludicrous. Yeah, that's there you go. <laughs> the yeah. future is wonderful. Glad we're here now. Hell yeah! Okay. The, there's no better time to be a PC builder than now. Yep, it, it. it is because right now, like uh, the graphics card, cryptocurrency crunch is over. AMD's mid range CPUs goodness. are selling for awesome prices. The SSDs are cheap as hell. RAM's starting to come down. Like it's a great. I said before, don't buy, don't build a pc buy a pc i said that about a year ago totally flipped now yeah yeah definitely it's 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 a great deal to build do you think you should stock up uh, that's the one thing i do wonder because everybody else <laughs> everybody was like well you can't RAM anticipate might, you can't anticipate ssds might go up you yeah. know but then you always oh. yeah i actually and then you're did that during one cycle like after ddr3 got real expensive for a while then it crashed back down you know, I found some on some real good deal, and I spent like forty or fifty bucks stocking up with extra RAM just in case I need it in the future. And now everything's DDR4, and I just wound up wasting that forty or fifty bucks. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I just you always think it's a good idea to stock up on it, but it rarely ever pays off. You're always just stuck with junk you should have. You could have. It's worth it for SSDs. SSDs, you can just keep on moving. I've got like four or five different ones in my system of you know trailing back 10 years or whatever so. yeah but if you had a drawer full of 128 gig ssds sata you'd be yeah. like oh man i don't have the sata portrait <laughs> i gotta buy a sata card just to run these damn things <laughs> like, it's worth throwing them all away just to buy one terabyte ssd these days mm-hmm. so i don't know i just don't know i mean i think everybody always thinks price is going to go up but never i guess you gotta <laughs> count on like warnings like it the glue factory melting down is a classic. <laughs> well, is uh, is now a good time to buy, you know, uh, say a, a low-end CPU that has a really good uh, IGP? I honestly, I don't think so. I mean, is this a trap or something? I would know. I, I, I think definitely, definitely that's sort of, IGP is still sort of a you have to because yeah. you're constrained by severe budgets. But if you can afford discrete graphics and you're building a gaming box, it's always the answer, I think. I, I've never said no to that. I think Adam was trying to segue cleverly there. Yeah. Oh, I see. That was a clever <laughs> segue. The, the, the thing is, KB Lake G is not a low-end CPU. Really? Is it not? Ah, dang it. I no. thought we were talking about uh, the, the graphics winner of 2018. Wasn't that a KB Lake G? No, that no. was... Uh, oh, see, he's trolling again, this. Brad. I, I can't. That was the Ryzen APU. That was a Ryzen APU. 2200G, <laughs> $99 CPU and this, graphics card of the... Whoops. So this is oh, like, man. Uh, take, take my nerd card this away. This is an Intel really version up of an APU. 
Okay. Uh, it's it's it, it's more expensive. It's probably it's, so. <laughs> what uh, Adam was trying to get us to Whoops. is the last topic of the day. KB Lake G lives. Nice. Yeah, and people are like, "What's KB Lake G?" Yeah, I, at this point, right? Yeah, probably. It's only only showed up in a couple of parts, right? Yeah. So KB Lake G, uh, I'm going to fill in. Uh, basically, Intel took a uh, quad core KB Lake part, seventh gen cores, which really all the same anyway and then they they went to amd and they bought a custom um i gotta say it correctly because it it's not really vega it's a uh radeon vega rx is that what it is rx vega radeon rx vega mobile or something like that (laughs) yeah it's it's essentially even though it says vega in the name it's an amalgamation of polaris and vega it doesn't yep. it has the hbm but it doesn't have it, uh it doesn't it's not the vega course it has a high bandwidth yeah. cache it has a yep, high bandwidth yep. cache uh and all of it was built so you could instead of taking the motherboard from your typical gaming laptop once you put in discrete graphics with the GDDR5 uh, or 6 or whatever one, which is around the, the chip, and then you have your CPU, you get a motherboard, and in most gaming uh, laptops, maybe about that big the size of maybe a cell phone. Uh, so the entire motherboard could be, if it's small, the size of a cell phone, typically even bigger than a, than a big cell phone. With KB Lake G, they were able to shrink it down to, I don't know, like, the it would fit in the size it would fit in your palm so a uh, a major reduction in the size and of course when uh, intel revealed this at ces people freaked out because this was intel a new intel actually going to its hated enemy amd and buying a graphics chip from them and putting it with their cpu and people thought and this it- was like Go and ahead, since Brad. then, they just bought the entirety on table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thanks, thanks Jensen. Um, <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, people really, I had very high expectations. There were two parts. One was 65 watts. One was 100 watts. There were other really cool things. Uh, remember, this is mostly 99% a laptop technology. It did make it into a, a, a nook. But because they can control the thermals of the CPU and the GPU and manage it all on their own, they actually got better performance out of these chips than you would see out of, say, a 7th Gen KB Lake on its own with a discrete part. So because they can manage it, they could not manage that in a normal laptop. Um, Intel themselves, it, had the, it was a laptop maker that had to then manage the, the GPU and the, and the CPU. So performance was awesome. 65 mm-hmm. watt parts only went made in laptops. Uh, I really thought this was a threat to NVIDIA. I think a lot of people did at that time. Yep. In the end, though, there were only two laptops that were ever made. Uh, Dell XPS 15, 2 in one and the uh, uh, HP Spectre, Spectre. X uh, 360-15. Those are the only two laptops ever ever made. Everybody else got scared off. Hmm. I know that people will say, oh, it's just not good enough. Maybe there weren't enough parts, but my feeling is like people are like you know what i don't want to mess with nvidia i you know i sell yeah. this is a resistance we we're talking about earlier i sell 80 percent nvidia parts or actually 80 percent. who are we kidding i sell 90 <laughs> percent discrete gpus in my nvidia laptops you know what i i'm it's it's not worth it's not worth taking this exercise for this it's just not worth it i'm just going to stick with with that huh that'll and it's change too bad because it's a really impressive chip it's a great part it's a great part yeah um, but yesterday, of course, I was really surprised. Acer introduced the Concept D5, Concept D5. 
Uh, D9, yeah. I think, is... Five, I think. Oh, oh, well, yeah. That's yeah, one like of a them. Dyslexia. Yeah, the D5 laptop. Sorry, yep. whoops. And it's uh, basically KB Lake G, 65 watt part. Um, interestingly, 14 months after HP and Dell did it. So I'm really surprised that someone else actually made a uh, KB, Lake, KB Lake G laptop. And I, I did sort of question whether it made any sense at this point, because... 14 months ago, we lived in a different world. There were no six-core parts out there in laptops. It was just, you know, 7th Gen KB Lake. Today, who wants to go back to a quad-core KB Lake when you've got six-core coffee lakes? I I think it's pretty all right for the concept that it is. I think it would be less welcome in a a modern gaming PC. Right. But this is designed to be a thin, light, like, attractive... It's a PC for creators. They did a whole... The new concept D-line is for people who create stuff. And I think that both those those quad cores, those Core i7 quad cores, and the Radeon parts will do pretty good and enable that form factor that yeah. would be real hard to get with discrete graphics, I think. Yeah, and that is the one thing that I think Acer did right, because otherwise I'd be like, it's a little late for this. We're sort of past that, but it's a 15-inch laptop that weighs 3.3 pounds. So, like, the, the Dell and the HP, they were, like, four and a half, maybe. They were they were convertible, so they had touch glass, and all that adds. Ooh. Convertibles generally weigh more than clamshells. 3.3 pounds with a really fast CPU is impressive. I mean, that is... That and is it's surprisingly really, really effective light. GPU, too. Yeah, it's right, because yeah. you're, like... Uh-huh. It's, it's basically GeForce 1050 Ti kind of class graphics mm-hmm. with the really? 65 watt part wow yeah the 100 watt part was kind of like almost to 1060 level but nobody ever built a laptop around it um you can do it with thin and light either but this is 3.3 pounds xps 13 is like 2.8 pounds so it's not that much heavier than that 15 inch screen screaming cpu and gpu yeah i think it's kind of the right choice for this at well this point. but it's also interesting because yeah. that whole concept d lineup you know like they most of them the either the laptops or the desktops they were pushing you know oh we got xeons and quadros uh you know for the for the creative mm. professionals uh so you know yeah it's kind of a, a weird i mean because I, I guess there wouldn't be really an equivalent for that if you were trying to do something so thin and light right yeah i mean at that weight but would you would you do it adam because i mean honestly the the other thing that i can think about that is kind of close is the gs65 Right, MSI's oh, GS65, yeah. and today's GS65 is basically you're looking at currently uh, with an eighth gen six core Coffee Lake H part, six cores screaming, and then you're going to throw in 1070 Max Q, uh, and now the RTX versions are coming out, and you know I'm sure there's going to be a ninth gen with RTX coming out. Like, are you really as a creative? Would you step away from six cores and RTX for KB Lake G? <laughs> to save a pound well but not, it's not just that i mean uh like it does have the full dcip3 color space yeah. on the monitor yeah. i mean there are that's great true. things about you know professional laptops but also that's coming at a price premium as well so you know bang for your buck man i'd, I'd still go with the 65 and also i do enough gaming you know that yeah. i'd be like hey you know i can do a little bit of gaming over here yeah so, but I, I think I think that that is a very interesting product for Acer, though, and I think that's like the ideal product for this chip to be in yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yes. Because it is getting. I mean, three point three pounds. I think Intel's own Hades Canyon Nook or Nook or whatever weighs more than that, <laughs> and it doesn't even have a monitor in it. <laughs> I think yeah, definitely. Well, once you throw on the 
once you throw in the uh, power brick, it does. Oh, that. yeah. So I, I'm really, I, I did not see this laptop. Melissa was in New York. And she said, I really want to see it because, I mean, 3.3 pounds, 15-inch laptop with KBLHC, if it screams, if they've tuned it right, could be just, it just might be like all kinds of awesome, I think, so, which I'm mm-hmm. surprised because it's, it's an ancient CPU and GPU at this point. Yeah, it came out at last CES, two CESs ago at this point, yeah, right? Yeah, 2018, January 2018, yep. full f- 16 months ago. So, cool stuff. Yeah, super cool, cool stuff. Well, yeah, we might even. Well, have I'm, a- I'm glad. I'm glad to see it. Like you said, I'm glad to see another company b- try it out. At least, even though it's so much later, they could be like Nvidia. We didn't really try it out because I agree. I don't think there's anything untoward going on, but I would not be surprised if you know the threat of Nvidia's parts availability might play into the fact that it was never picked up like it should have been because it really is a great part yeah i mean you know again there's there's no proof of this let's not let's not get into some form and start spinning there's no proof of anybody making any any whatever but it is telling when i I say threat i don't mean nvidia going hey we're gonna hold your parts i mean the people at acer and are going i don't want nvidia to hold my parts yeah (laughs) no no i i know i i think what it just tells you is if you look at the players here asus msi gigabyte other kind of like gaming focused laptops where you know all their eggs are in a gaming market Mm -hmm. like they're the partner i know i you know i'm working with them on this stuff I'm not going to spin up one thing just to do this one thing. You know, and there's all kinds of... It's just not... I can understand yep. them saying it's not worth it for me. Dell, Acer, HP, these are much, much larger companies. You know, they sell all kinds... Their their stack is not as dependent on gaming laptops. So I think it's just like, yeah, we can do this. And, you know, who knows how it all plays out, but... Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. And we might even have uh, Melissa on the show uh, next week to uh, talk oh, cool. about the Acer stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see how that works out scheduling-wise. But uh, you want to get to some uh, viewer questions? Uh, I think you have a, uh, a couple of emails that got sent to you, right? You want to hit those first? Yeah, yeah. You want to do the, the question from Twitter, Brad? Or Oh, yeah, there's that one, too. Uh, uh, Chris, uh, I, I'm going to yeah, miss go this. Go for it. I'm going to pull Adam here. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Garvey. Uh, Chris Bal Balasano. Balasano. Bal- See, I got that Bal- right. Balasano. Well, got you got th- the easy one, man. That's that's not uh, that's not hard. It was a hey. What's any word on the 128 gig chipset for the i9? When when will that be available? Um, I'm going to assume you're talking about the 1151 part, the Core i9 9900K, uh, because 2011 getting to 128 gigs is not really an issue. Um, <clears throat> Core i9-900K is certified for 128 gigs asterisk, which is, yeah, it will work with 128 gigs. We we just don't have the 32 gig DIMMs yet. So I think what, what it's going to take is for 32 gig DIMMs to really get uh, to be more available for consumers to buy them. Uh, and then, of course, the board vendors then have to get these modules in and they have to say, yeah, this works. So it, it, it's technically i9 900k 1151 parts do support 128 gigs uh, remember Didn't, the memory controller those double stacked ones those double stacked ram like the tall ones yeah do, would those work i don't think so i mean it's i don't know if you can run four of those okay okay i think those i think like those double stack ones were like something that asus worked with with the memory is uh manufacturer just to make modules for that particular board which was a you know a, a, a reduced size board 
with two mm-hmm. two dim slots so you could get more ram and i it's possible but that's i think that's not the way uh, everybody's going they don't want to do these double stack things you can barely get memory, mo- memory modules into systems anyway so <laughs> they're looking at true 32 gig you know dims that are probably hard to get right now i'm so it'll happen nice. but no time no time frame yet no, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I would look, you know, it's one of those things where the vendors are like, you know what, ain't nobody buying this. I'm not going to burn engineering time to, 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 to call these. So you may have to go to forums and see what people, what luck people are having with them. Okay. Nice. Uh, do you, you want to get to the emails? Oh, okay. Uh, this is Jared from Fargo, North Dakota. See, I got that right. Huge fan of the show, been listening since the beginning. I have currently have an old Creative Fatality sound card and Kingston HyperX headphones. Special sounds seem adequate when playing games like Apex Legends and Battlefield 5, but I'm looking for something better. I'd like some advice on how to get the best headphone and uh, headphone surround sound qualities possible for my new gaming rig in the $1,500 to $2,000 range. Does it make sense to buy a sound card or stick to onboard audio? How about 3.5 millimeter wired connections versus wired or wireless through USB? Lastly, what about DTS headphone no. colon X 2.0 or other software solutions that turn stereo headphones into virtual sound? I think Adam Patrick Pick Murray me. will answer Pick this. Me. I've got an answer. Do you know what it is? What are you going to say? Super X-Fi. <laughs> yep, that was my guess. <laughs> Listen, I mean, like, I still use that thing. I, I, I can't not use it when I play games. Like, I, I love that thing. And the fact that it's not, uh, you know, it's not based off of uh, any drivers. It's just plug and play. Uh, and I've had great results with that. Uh, since then, I've also gotten in uh, the Sennheiser... Oh man, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but their their spatialized sound one, uh, Creative also send me one of their older spatialized sound ones. So I've been doing a lot of A/B testing, uh, and Super XFi, man, that that's that's the way to go, you know. And it's 150 dollars, you know, little dongle, and then invest the the rest of money in a nice pair of headphones that are that are certified for it. That's that's what I do. Easy, hands down. Hmm. I got. I I have a more advice. I mean, unless you know, I would say the the one situation is that if you also have monitors, you know, on your desk that you want to hear through, like Super X Five isn't going to work for that. So yeah, if you, you want to run, yeah. Although you could just could you just double use a, a double output, and then I mean it's not optimal, but you can still get. I mean, I guess you could. I but, do that at home because I'm lazy. So. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I guess it, it it depends. It depends. I mean, if it's just pure gaming and you're 100 percent on headphones for the most of the time, do that. I've you know I've tried a lot of the spatialized ones. I have some Astro A40s, 50s, whatever the you know the wireless ones are. It's nice to not have a wire, but also it's nice to have like amazing spatialized sound, and you get to pick you know kind of your choice of uh, headphones. Yeah, know, and. Yeah. So uh, my advice is one: don't go USB. I mean, there's nothing wrong with USB. It's different audio. Just remember, when you plug in USB audio, you're bypassing your onboard Realtek, your three hundred dollar onboard, or your three hundred dollar add-in sound card, and you are basically running all the audio through USB. Whatever the the headphone USB maker makes is what you're getting. I personally prefer a 3.5 inch jack going directly into a discrete sound card. You pick your brand, whatever you like. There's there's several to pick from still. Uh, the audio will be way better than any onboard if you actually care about audio. And uh, I think the interesting uh, hybrid is what Adam is saying. Clearly, um, I'm sure 
as a creative is going to add Super XFi into its uh, sound cards coming up. Yeah. So I would almost, you know, you can just wait for an iteration that has a Super X5. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I, what I like about that route is there probably will be a little more tunability to it, which true, I'm, true. one of the issues I would, I think with Super X5 is I wish I could tune it a little bit more. Mm. Oh yeah. And yeah. you can't cause I mean, that's something we've told them. So yeah, yeah hopefully that's coming, but uh, good point. I mean, yeah, if, if they ever, if they ever enable that processing on their desktop cards then then it kind of bypasses that other problem where you have the upward monitors too. So I, I mean, who knows, you know? Yeah. But, but still, yeah. It's... I have a question. Uh, maybe yes. you guys know this, maybe you don't. Um, I find that most gaming headsets that have a built-in microphone like this tend to be USB. Is it possible to get a gaming headset with a mic if you're using 3.5? Yeah. yeah. I, I actually, yeah, Hayden just reviewed the Sennheiser GSP 600 something like that okay. uh, and they're actually sending me the open back version of that too because I, I prefer open back ones yeah you know uh, but yeah those those are great open back might be I think it might be better actually with, yeah with super x5 definitely uh, the last thing is DTS headphone x 2.0 I'm not up that up on our, are you Adam no no is it is that what we saw at CES the the DTS the it might be oh no that was Dolby never mind uh, no oh, right, I think right. DTS is what was might have been built into that Sennheiser thing and it was it was close it was good but yeah it yeah I, I wouldn't put my money there I but I yeah it's hard to say we'd have to see it but I, I mean it's probably going to be good could DTS and Dolby do things right but one issue I I do have is we are still trying to take audio that's basically been made we're you're trying to make sausage and then turn it back into the original product with all these things <laughs> yeah um the sad thing is the big deal with uh home theater now is it's all this object based right it doesn't actually they're not doing the processing and then pumping it out they're they're letting this the, they're pumping information the data to the 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 your surround sound deck which then figures out where to send it for yeah. that's optimal for your room that's what we did on the pc like 15 years ago Right, yeah, that's sort of yeah. object based because DirectX, uh, Direct Sound 3D was you, you sent the audio. You didn't. We're not going to process it for you and then give you the sausage. We're going to give you the meat to make the sausage, and then your thing will make the sausage for you. All these things try to reassemble the meat from the sausage. It's never. Now I'm great. hungry. It's it's almost lunch. You got I'm me hungry. Ang- I'm just angry that uh, sadly, as somebody who's into PC audio, PC gaming audio, that people are talking about how great these these object based, you know, uh, surround sound systems are for home and. PC had that, you know, 15 years ago, and we killed it, unfortunately, so. Sucks for us. Yeah. yeah. You know what sucks more? What? Oh, man, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, Bill Strong. That second question. Bill Strong. <laughs> yeah, I'm, in, I'm just going to read this. Please don't make... <laughs> NVIDIA GeForce web drivers for Mac OS typically are identified for NVIDIA's Fermi, Kepler, Maxwell, and Pascal architectures as blah, 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 NVIDIA. Long string of... Long string kernel extensions. Apple has refused to authorize NVIDIA web drivers for its latest Mojave OS, but all those drivers still work for High Sierra and earlier operating systems. Where does that leave NVIDIA web drivers for the touring architecture, such as for the new uh, GTX 1660 Ti graphics cards? Are the new NVA GDT drivers that will work with Mac OS? Or will the Pascal drivers still work? Or or are we, Hackintosh and Mac owners, out of luck now, even if sticking with High Sierra? Thanks for reading. Any comments? Appreciate it. Uh, Bill, I don't know if you know this. <laughs> Brad knows this. So does Adam. I actually am an expert on fixing 
um, Apple and Mac, specifically he Macintosh is. problems. I yeah, he's been on the MacWorld podcast. If you he go has. out there, yeah, I am, I'm one of the. I have the solutions to 99 percent of most of the problems with uh, problems on the Mac. I, people don't even know this about yeah. me. I am a true Mac expert. Dang. Okay. Please help us. So uh, what you should do, Bill. Is go buy a PC. I know you're. If you're running a Hackintosh, <laughs> then run Windows. I mean, to me, it's like I, I don't understand. It's the only way to fix it. I mean, I, I don't know. Who, who knows? Can anyone tell me why Apple would not let its own customer base run Nvidia hardware? Weird. I, I can. Weird. I can tell you why. One. They're still angry at NVIDIA over those failed GPUs from, like, I don't know, 2002 or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I don't think that's it. I think that thing is like, look, we're Apple. You're going to go out. You're going to download these drivers. You're going to run it with any GPU. You're going to break our operating system. And then you're going to call and bug us to fix it. So to prevent you from breaking it and bugging us, we're not going to let you do it. Right? That's probably the, the one that it makes the most sense. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, Apple has a track record of taking things away and not giving them back. So if if he's going to hold his breath, then, you know, he might be suffocating after a while. Yes, but obviously, um, you know, what fixes these issues with Apple Macs most of the time is you buy PC. Yeah, <laughs> it's no. true. I mean, I don't know. I, as the resident GPU expert, don't know anything about Mac, so I can't provide any advice beyond buy a pc myself <laughs> yeah well i and you know maybe maybe this is also just further indication that they're they're getting more in bed with amd you know uh on the graphic side right hey you know what little known people don't remember roger went from ati to apple he worked at apple mm-hmm. for a long really? long time before wow. he went to amd oh i didn't know that yep. yeah yeah huh. i saw him at idf one day i was like hey what are you doing i didn't let you out of your apple cave but and it's like yeah <laughs> and then he went to AMD, and now he's at Intel. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that was easy. I, you know, good thing we had a Mac expert here. Yes. Um, but how about mm-hmm. a uh, next buy PC? <laughs> there you go. Uh, we got a question over on the Discord. You can join our Discord channel. Uh, the link is in the description. Uh, and you know, get us get us some questions. Um, Eric the Red asked uh, last week: Ryzen versus Intel stability. I have two self-built gaming desktops for work and home. The work desktop has a Ryzen twenty-seven hundred X with a GTX ten seventy. The home machine is an Intel forty-seven ninety K with a GTX ten seventy as well. The Ryzen work machine seems to be a lot less stable with blue screens at desks and lots of Chrome tabs saying, aw, snap. I work as a web developer, use HyperX for Linux v- uh, HyperX for Linux VMs and play games with my son when I have free time. Have any of you had stability issues with Ryzen and AMD or are they completely unrelated? Um, I would think it wouldn't be as much of a problem with the 2700X, but it sounds like you're experiencing it. But when Ryzen first came out, um, there was a lot of rough edges, so I would recommend going, you know, looking up what kind of motherboard you have, going to the website and seeing if there are BIOS updates available, because I use a Ryzen system at home. I'm talking on one right now. Uh, and I, back in the early days used to have some stability issues, but now it's been right as a rock. And I think if you look for a BIOS update, it might fix some of your issues. Yeah, and it, it was, believe me, the original Ryzen's were very much works in progress when they were launched. So um, definitely update BIOS, update drivers. Uh, that's usually it. You know, it could be other things, too. Maybe you're running the memory out of spec. You might want to reset your, uh, we're calling it BIOS. I know some people get angry. It's U5. There's no more BIOS. <laughs> um, try resetting your BIOS anyway. But that mm-hmm. that's yeah. usually it. I mean, okay. 
could look for cooling problems, other things, but that's, yeah. I will say Intel has been around longer. They're, I think we can all recognize, going to mostly be slightly more polished, right? Because yeah. they've been around so long. But there is no way in hell that everybody who has ever bought a Ryzen-based system is getting blue screens all the time. So your it's a unique problem to you. It could be bad motherboard. Who knows? These things happen. It's You're going off a sample of two, right? So not enough to really judge it by. Yep. Yeah, for what it's worth, I've built multiple Ryzen and Intel PCs over the last couple of years. And when Ryzen first came out, there were some toothing issues, teething issues. Um, but these days, I mean, I don't consider one any more inherently stable than the other. Yeah. And, you know, this happens to everybody. I have, oh, my God, my wife's machine, which I still have not rebuilt. Her Sandy Bridge box does not come out of sleep. You cannot, it'll go to sleep. It just does not. Really weird. Well, I mean, <laughs> it'll go to sleep. <laughs> Permanent sleep. That, you know, that just means death, Gordon. If, you, death. if it goes to sleep, you basically, the only way to get it to come back, it goes in a hibernation. And it just doesn't. Uh-oh. The only way to is to, yeah, it's, it's a, I don't think it's if it's not actually, and it turns out it's not a Windows issue, which of course everybody wants to blame Microsoft. It is actually a problem with that specific motherboard that I have. It's weird. like a, Z seventy seven board that had a problem with coming out of sleep. Huh. They said we fixed it by you buying the next one. <laughs> Perfect, Sounds about right. I'm not going to say who the board vendor is. Uh, all right, we got another question from uh, Old Man Brian. Uh, in the last episode of the Full Nerd, Gordon and uh, quite a few people mentioned VR headsets still being too expensive. The Oculus Rift originally released at six hundred, and when it was available. Uh, recently could be bought at 350 for windows mixed reality at almost half the price at 20 or 200 to almost 300 less than the base ps4 yada 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 uh in your opinion what is an acceptable price for vr headset you all right you know for I, me I, no brad go he, first either he one. called you out why don't you go for okay, it okay i and i'm <laughs> gonna say this because i don't run vr at home i'm too cheap um i would say 300 dollars. like for me yeah. 300 dollars is like like I really, really want a Vive. My kids bug me about it, but I it's like five hundred dollars, is it? Like five hundred for the original Vive with all the six. The f- six? Uh yes. So I mean that's just it's it's a tough pill to swallow, plus all the space it takes. I I'm gonna say this, I really never thought I would, but after trying the HP mixed reality one I want to see what this next round of mixed reality headsets brings. It's like the but, idea of not having to set up base stations to do, you know, Vive might be I, I actually have heard a lot of people saying that they've bought into mixed reality because it's cheaper yeah. and because of, you know, it's kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, an entry well, point, an entry yeah. point. I'm not saying it's, you know, they've had great success, but if you if you're a little more enthusiast into it, I could also see it being a jumping off point to the bigger ones. You know, you you, the, you the, start the, off the with Will mixed Smith reality. Episode, he gave some good, some great, you know, reasons why. Mixed reality is is good for new people because like you can play Steam games, it just works, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. But uh, Hayden, our games reporter, he's like a VR guru. He's tested everything. He's he's great, and he really has issues with the tracking on that because the way the cameras work, if your hands go above your head or behind you or anything like that, like it does in VR, it can become a big disaster. And I feel like I would rather than spend $200 on a mixed reality headset that I'll get frustrated at when I put my hand behind my head when I'm playing super hot, I'd rather spend $350 or 400 bucks and get the Oculus Rift. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but but I think that's also a difference between inside out and outside in. Some people just don't want to put up base stations, you know. 
Yeah. And so, I, so one thing they they have said is like, look, we've we recognize there have been issues, and we've tuned the algorithm, so we know if you're moving your arm up this way, we're going to sort of move it up and back down. And yeah. I don't know how often Hayden is surrendering in these games, but you don't do it <laughs> that sucks. often. He sucks, I guess. <laughs> so I, I think maybe it's gotten better. But yeah, I agree with you. That I don't understand why they just don't put like cameras up on top but you know i understand why because it's like it's 300 bucks or two they're so cheap mixed rally has a super cheap start adding cameras and all this other stuff and then you're up to like what 500 dollars it's like mm, yeah i kind of wish they had kept um the original oculus rift around they just announced the new one that's coming out soon if it's not out yet i'm not sure uh for i think it's 400 oh, bucks. i wish they had kept the rift original S. one around even though it has pretty gnarly screen door effect and uh sold that for like 250 you know yeah. 275 bucks uh even though it's older i think at that price point they would sell a lot more and get people into it and even though it does have gnarly screen door effect sometimes um you get over it pretty quickly and i think that'd be a real great introduction to vr well then it's still better than the 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 ps4 one uh i've heard oh, the yeah. screen door on oh, that yeah. one's even worse so <laughs> there's a lot of people going in there that you know yeah <laughs> use that you'll start puking everywhere <laughs> that hp reverb let me just tell you is the only one tried it, it's like you will just be like damn yeah like when you actually screens per eye it's yeah there's if there is a there is a screen door effect but you really really have to look for it it's amazing but you know it's also mixed reality so I think 300 bucks though. That's my 300 bucks. Once it gets to be about 300 bucks, that's a good price. Mm. Cause at this point, like the Oculus Rift, if you have to connect it to a PC with a, you know, there's still the new Oculus Rift that's coming out. The Rift S, I believe it's called. Yep. Uh, it still has the same basic compatibility specs, spec compatibility requirements as the original one, which at this point, two or three years later is actually a fairly modest PC. So, I mean, it's not anywhere near as expensive as it used to be, and the, the new Oculus Rift headset looks pretty good. So hopefully, it's starting at four hundred bucks. Maybe it'll creep down to three hundred bucks, and I think they'll actually start moving some units much nice. more. And the, the last thing I want to add is like uh, the other thing. I'm honestly, even if it were three hundred dollars, I might think I'm going to wait because, as we talked about with Will, we're like in the early stages of smartphones. And hell, who wants to end up with a BlackBerry or a Windows phone? Hey, right? hey, hey. So no, I, I'm, I'm. The features keep adding, like the eye tracking and the 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 Vive is like it's it's actually a great feature to have. You can you can imagine that eventually going into more headsets, the higher res screens, VR in five years is gonna it's gonna it's gonna knock your socks off. Awesome. Uh, we got a couple more. Uh, this next one's from No Cloud um, about Meltdown Spectre. Uh, Meltdown Spectre required mitigations in operating systems, applications, and firmware. Was the hype justified? Why was Linux able to mitigate without BIOS updates? What processors have implemented correct architecture and not mitigations? Are there any? Wow, that's, that's a lot of questions That's a complicated there. question. Yeah. <laughs> Um, take, take what you want. Brad is up on this. I can I can make take a couple stabs on it, but uh, why don't you start? Uh, <laughs> uh, who, wants, <laughs> who wants to go first here? Uh, was it justified? Was the hype yes. justified? Well, one was justified because the only way to really get a lot of these companies to to get off their butts and fix this is for all consumers and businesses to collectively scream. So suddenly it's the biggest threat in the world 
Have there actually been any Spectre meltdown attacks that have been reported that, not that I know of, but believe me, if people said, oh, this is, this is a minor, you know, not minor exploit, we can fix this later on, then nobody would have addressed it. Um, there are a lot of fixes. I think Intel actually went all the way back to Sandy Bridge, Arendelle, Clarkdale, Core 2. They went mm-hmm. all the way back to Penryn, I think. They, they issued ways to mitigate the issue in all those CPUs. Um, a lot of the companies said, you know what? Motherboard companies. Yeah, motherboard companies said, you know what? You got, you got this like 10-year-old motherboard you bought from us. Uh, why don't you go buy another one? Because we're kind of sick of like supporting you. So you're not, it wasn't really evenly supported. Uh, all the OEMs, however, people who are suable, you know, Dell, <laughs> HP, Lenovo, they patched all the way back as far as they could go. So like if you had an HP or a Lenovo or a Dell system, you got patches even if you had an ancient POS. So that fixed it. There were some things that Microsoft could do with mitigations to reduce it. I think they sort of opted not to do it everywhere because it was sort of uneven. The Linux community being smaller, probably easier to focus on things. Mm. They did probably use some of those mitigations that, that didn't go across the board. So Without BIOS updates? Yeah, there are ways to address it. Remember, there was one way to address it. You would you would have to preload the the uh, the mitigations before the OS loaded, and there were ways to do it. But I think mm. that's just kind of decided. You know, this is you should go buy something new. Uh, well, his second spot. Uh, what processes imp- implemented correct architecture and not mitigations? Are there any? Uh, I think the they're, they're starting to roll out, right? Aren't they starting to roll out now? They've sort of addressed some of them. I mean, good lord, it's like a it's like a matrix of things that have been supported. The the eighth some of the eighth gen parts actually had it. Whiskey Lake has some of the corrections mitigations. Mm. Remember, I think the, there's a lot of little inc- a lot of incorrect language that is around this. Everybody said this is a flaw, right? And I disagree with calling this a flaw from the beginning because you know what? I built a lock. I never really expected someone to come up with a crowbar and pry that lock off, right? <laughs> I didn't expect it because normally people don't walk around with a three-foot crowbar. These yeah. were exploits. These were like, holy smokes, if we actually do this, we can we can break into this lock that nobody ever thought about. That's not a flaw necessarily because you can't engineer against all things. Um, and, and this one thing, remember, this is the beginning there. People are going to continually look at new ways to exploit systems. These are all exploits. They're not really necessarily flaws. So where was I again? I got lost. Uh, there. Is there any other architectures that have not had the mitigations done it right? Oh, is there anything that has uh, whiskey lake? I think is the only thing that has it. Some of the ninth gen parts that are coming out now have some of it. Um, you know, some of it's in, in hardware, some of it's, you know, firmware software. So, uh, all right. Anything as new? You're as, okay. As far as it being like overblown, uh, remember that all these major companies worked on this issue and chose to announce it in the middle of CES where it would get as little hype as possible, and they spent months working on these fixes. There's a reason for that. I mean, it's not even though it hasn't. You know, we haven't seen a crazy wave of Spectre and Meltdown malware. It was a big deal. Uh, I think the fact that the browser makers like immediately pushed out software updates to shut that down made a big difference because if that hadn't happened that would have been you know where you'd see a lot of vulnerability i think do you think it was overhyped though in a lot of ways i don't i think it i think 
it was very much hyped. I think the reason that so many major companies, organizations, operating systems, browser makers, NVIDIA, hardware makers, everybody was addressing this is because it really is an issue. And they concertedly, you know, fixed it as soon as they could to the extent that they could. Uh, Brad, why are you covering up AMD's downfall? (laughs) (laughs) Chill. Uh, I haven't got my tech yet. Ah, Yeah, yeah, that's that's the mate. Well, not made up, but that is somebody obviously very questionable uh, company that said that there was Mm -hmm. serious flaws in AMD chips. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people Mm -hmm. got very angry over that. Mm hmm. All right, a couple more questions. Uh, Trolling Thunder uh, has a question for Brad. Does a RTX 2070 make sense for 1440p ultra-wide gaming? Yes. Uh, 2070 would be great at that. Uh, 2070 is about 500 bucks. Yep, I'm trying to remember. I was just looking at a bunch of different ones. Yeah, that would make sense for that. That'd make a lot of sense for that. Um, if you really wanted to like, it depends on how high the refresh rate is. Like if it's very high refresh rate, you're going to want to bump it up. Like, uh, a 2080 would make more sense if it's ultra high refresh, but if it's a 60 Hertz monitor, then 2070 should do you good. Cool. Uh, and the last question, uh, you know, we've had a lot of people asking, uh, who, uh, this lady is here uh, with me and it's my boss. Uh, and every time I tell them it's my boss they say oh well you should ask this question uh can i get a raise yeah right is <laughs> no that, is the that a good question no, adam no uh-huh, man that's she's gonna say you know what we were gonna give you a raise but gordon asked to buy this core oh I-9 man 99 dang it nine all that money went to xe that cpu all right that, three, yeah, three, okay, three thousand three hundred twenty four dollars and eight cents there you go yeah that's not bad all right as long as i get to share it with you no oh dang it all right well all right. Well, that's it. That's the show. <laughs> we did it. That's All the right. show. And we got your questions. Episode 90. Episode We've got 90, 10 more 10 till more. Uh, 100. If, unless you count zero. Yeah. We did a zero episode. You uh, can count zero. Add zero to 90. It's still 90. <laughs> yep, oh, yeah. You you're right. <laughs> Done. Easy. But is that the 100th episode? Don't. I'm not going that far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to go by the number. What, what, when it hits 100, that's when we celebrate 100. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we we should do something fun. If anyone has any ideas, uh, put them uh, put them in in, put in our, our Discord. Discord. Yeah, please. Uh, okay. And Brad needs to put in our Discord too. I need to uh, get okay, that. Okay, I got. You. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. I'm hungry. All right, check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to the uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Saying questions and comments to the full nerd at pcworld.com. Also check out our Discord channel. And if you're going to iTunes, because iTunes. Make sure you leave a review for us. Every time you do, Adam gets a raise. Making that up. It's not true at all. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios, Internet. And Adam will hit the off switch. Uh, Somebody in the chat just said, I'm the second best to Elena. So I'll, I'll take that. Elena is pretty cool. See you later.